Good morning, good afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world today. I greet you in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, the authority and access by which we are able to reach our God and to know salvation. It is through Jesus Christ that redemption has come. I welcome you to Wow What a Show, and I am your host, Phyllis Ledbetter. So glad to be here. And I also want to remind us all that Psalm 19 tells us that the heavens do declare the glory of God, that the firmament shows his handiwork, that day unto day utter speech and night unto night shows knowledge, that there is no place where the speech is not heard. In other words, God is real and he knows, I believe, that we would have these questions and, you know, doubt that he is there, but he's left a record. He has left a visibility. He has made himself a, um, a approachable through what we see. And his visibility is also there, at least his glory is. And we wonder, of course, about who God is. But why do we need to? Because in looking at the heavens day in and day out, experiencing weather patterns, etc., we know that God is real. We know that there is a greater than us, greater than man, here on earth, and that that greatness, according to the Bible, is called God, the great Jehovah, the great I am, the one who is able to do all things, the one who is able to bring us into the knowledge of who he is, and the one who has left this record that we might find it for sure. Tonight, I am going to kind of pick up on where we left off in our discussion of a thousand years is but a day or the brevity of life. Um, I'm going to pick it up, but I'm also going to revisit something that is so akin to it in, in a an earlier podcast, right? So we're going to um, kind of do some repeating here. And with the Lord's help, hopefully it's going to make good sense to everyone who hears it. I wish to begin with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have already stated that your glory is exemplified in each new day and each night. So the cycle of time that you have given us, in those cycles, we are able to observe your powerful hand. We experience, Lord, in the changing cycles, seed time and harvest. And you promised in the book of Genesis that it would be there until it is no more when you shall return and redeem this earth, purify it and make it an eternal dwelling place as was always in your heart to do so that there would be a people who would love you and dwell there with you in all eternity. We thank you for that. Father, tonight you know the expanse of every topic that we attempt to discuss. You know what it takes, Lord God, to clarify and to unify the thought. I ask you to do that in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask you, Lord God, to guide every word. And Father, that the words spoken would be meaningful 
to someone. I pray and thank you for it. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, eternal God, our Father, you've given us this access by which we would get to you, and we are so grateful for it, because in the access, in the precious name of Jesus, we find not only the access, but our redemption, our salvation. And so we thank you. Amen. And with that, we're going to just move uh, uh, ahead, not swiftly, but deliberately, because I need the Lord. Good evening, Freshen. So good to you, to have you here. God is amazing every day, all day. It doesn't matter what we're going through, right? And that's one of the reasons why we're discussing this uh, concept of time in the way that God has expressed in his word that it is to him as a thousand days, one one day for us, uh, one uh, is is a thousand. Uh, one oh, I've now I'm tongue tied. A thousand uh, years is but a day in God's uh, view of time, and I don't think he really means it totally literally like that. I believe that what he is saying is that the passage of time for God. Has not, there is there is no boundary in it. We are bound in the cycles of time, but God is not. He is outside of his creation. He is not within it as we are. And so he has given us cycles, day and night, right? Uh, summer, winter, spring and fall, so that we keep up and we don't get disoriented in our lost state. So the cycles are there for us. And we are able to redeem the time, as uh, the psalmist has written. So we started last week with Psalm 90 as our text for the uh, discussion. And I will go right back to it and continue to read it. So I didn't turn to it just yet, but I shall write this moment. And I apologize for that. I almost forgot that I was doing Psalm 90. But here we are. The 90th Psalm reads again, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest men to destruction and sayest, return ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up, in the evening it flourishes and grows up, and in the evening it is but, uh, I mean, cut down and withers, excuse me. And uh, for we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath we are troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. I want to stop right here and just do a little bit more here, right? As he is saying here, uh, for a thousand years are, are but as yesterday, right? You carry them away as with a flood. That means those, those that, that time washes away. 
they are as a sleep. In other words, you go to sleep, you wake up, you don't know or not aware of the passing passage of time while you're sleeping. It simply passes and we awaken to the newness of a day or newness of experience, even if you don't uh, sleep during the night like that, right? You can go to sleep any time of day and you have no awareness of the passage of that time, but it goes. And so that's how time is with God. And when we get to be with him, it'll be that way as well. Nowhere, I mean, you don't pay attention to it. You don't know, you know, you don't know during that watch in the night or during that sleep, simply moves and you are in it, but not bound by the constancy of remembering it. For we are consumed by that anger. So it's in the morning, it, it flourishes and grows up and evening, evening, it is cut down and it withers. So um, I believe here, he's not really talking about the years but he's more talking about people, us. For we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath we are troubled. So now this is the thing. Men have been, um, you know, dead in trespasses and sins until they are reborn in Christ Jesus. They come to recognize that there is a God who redeems them from the lost state that they are in or that we are in. And so uh, we have experienced the wrath of God in that sin has called forth a recompense. And that recompense renders us in need of a savior. We can't do it ourselves. And I believe that's what this psalm is saying. It says, um, for we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath, we are troubled. When we are in sin, God, God's way of talking to us is in words that we understand. So he's using the word anger. <clears throat> but remember, he turns us to destruction. Then he says, come back, right? <laughs> so we live our are, are the consequences of whatever the sins are. And of course, we're born in it. Our nature is to choose other than God, but he calls us back to himself. That is his mercy and his love in operation. And believe it or not, without suffering a consequence to some wrongdoing, one would continue in the wrongdoing. And so we are troubled by his anger and the wrath that comes. But in even being troubled, God makes a way for us to cease from our labors, as it is written in Matthew 11 verses, I think it's 27 through 28 or 26 or 28, something like that. Those very last uh, verses there, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, take my yoke upon you for and learn of me, for my burden is easy and my yoke is easy and my burden to light as something to that effect. So he's calling us back to a relief from the troubling that comes as a recompense. God bless all of you. Thank you. You're here. So he further writes, <clears throat> we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath we are troubled. That's verse 7. Verse 8 says, thou hast set our iniquities before thee our secret sins in the light of that countenance, which means we cannot get away 
with anything for God sees and knows all. I have said before and over and over again, I shall say, God is all powerful, all knowing, everywhere present, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. That's who God is. He knows all. And it's it's hard, I suppose, for many people to imagine a God because he has equipped man with such a capacity to think, to be, to uh, reason out stuff, to look, to research, to find, to discover, right? But we must remember, we only discover, we don't create. God has created all things and he is not bound within the same realm that we are. So as much as we can find out here, just think about it, outside of the boundaries in which we live, there is so much more and that so much more is known of the creator who is God. So he says, before you, our iniquities are there. There are no uh, secret faults that you don't already know about. Hence, we will live in a recompense. Our whole lives, really, uh, the way I see it, are grasping salvation. Our whole life is about taking this wonderful gift to be born again and therefore escape the eternity that is absent from God. It is to be redeemed. And as soon as we accept what Christ has done, that's what we're saying when we say, you know, Jesus found me or I found God or he saved me. When we're saying that, simply we're saying that the Lord has reckoned us because of our repentance, our saying, we need you, we have been wrong, please save us. Because we've accepted that, he reckons us to be completely ready for his glorious uh, dwelling, but we are walking into it. So we're given a time frame and that time frame is the days of our lives, right? Bound in these cycles. So he goes on to say, for our days are passed away in the wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Like I'm sitting here talking to you now, right? We spend our years as a tale that is told. In other words, it goes so quickly by. And when we go back and talk, if somebody were to talk about it, they would tell it within these spans of time. Are you telling a tale, a story, just recounting events as I have been doing for the last uh, month? I've been writing little stories in a course that I'm taking. And each one of those little stories had to be 500, no more than 550 words. I can read it in about two minutes or three minutes, right? That is the expanse of our lifetime. It is spent like a tale that is told. And it says here, furthermore, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is so verse 10. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. For it still is soon cut off and we fly away. And you know, I told you last week that when I was sitting with my mom there, my mother, my dear mother, I, I was right at her head. I was sitting the position. I wasn't far from her. I was sitting right close to her and I was leaning forth on the bed talking with her, right? And her her face was turned away. And I know that she was contemplating the flight 
you see, because we do fly away. The spirit, when you read the last breath, it comes out. It's like a whisper. And the psalm says so. And that is the flight that we take. We leave this present boundary, the this uh, environs, this place where we have dwelt for this very quick amount of time. And we enter into a, a timeless existence where there is no time at all. We fly away and we don't we don't walk away. We're not going on legs. We're not moving in our strength from then on. It is spirit and spirit is not bound. Remember, <clears throat> whoever comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We cannot do this within the flesh of man, within the boundaries of the body in which we live. Even we must uh, fly out of it. We must ascend to a place that is not bound in order to worship the boundlessness of God. So who knows the power of your anger? Even according to your fear, so is thy wrath. And let me tell you, it is written in the book of Proverbs, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. We have to recognize that this great and mighty God also has within him the power to chastise, the power to destroy the what we think is destruction. Really, I don't believe God ever quite sees it that way. I believe that whatever, well, maybe he does when he's destroying evil, wiping it out altogether. But even in that, that is a good thing because to rid the world of sin and of uh, evil is good for man if man is born again. It would be good even if man wasn't born again, but God is not going to do it until he purifies the earth. So who knows the power? We don't know. We don't know the extent of God's power. You know, Paul writes that uh, we will know uh, him, that he, he prays that with uh, all the saints, we will be able to comprehend the depth, the breadth, the width, the height of this God that we're serving, of the message that he's left us. But can we do it for sure? Only by the power of the Holy Spirit and only in relationship spiritually with God. That is the only way we're even going to just come close to it. And that's what we, as those who are born again, experience. God has revelation that he gives to us so that we can actually fellowship with him. And then we don't have to wonder, is he real or is he is not? We now have a spiritual relationship and it is proven within us. That witness lives and God never forsakes. So we are in communication with him. It is a high and lofty thing to believe that I could be in relationship with almighty God. And yet it is so because God has made it such that through the access that we have in Jesus Christ, through, the, through that rebirth, that born again quickening that comes once we accept that he had to die for us, that we now can also be in touch with him, in fellowship. So the psalmist says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. How important is that? Teach me, O Lord, 
to number my days. You remember last week I read the view. When a child is born, I remember it. I could feel it that day. I almost, it was a re-experience of youth. You're born into this life and everything is above a child's head, right? <laughs> First, he's flat on his back and he's looking again up, right? And then he learns to focus and he begins to look around, but still everyone in his life his or her life is upward. So the child reaches up for uh, attention. The child uh, reaches up for the mother to pick him up, to give him the height, to give him a momentary experience of those who are around him at the same level. And still he has or she has to look up. So we need to understand, though, that when the child is looking up, he's also or she is growing up. So they're getting taller. That means that their years are being spent. The time on the earth is diminishing. And from, if I recall um, from my biology days, your cells regenerate very fast. And so children learn an awful lot in a short amount of years. And then, uh, you know, you grow up, you get strong bones, you get all those cells are working. The, the mind is just, just things are calculating. So if you give a child experiences before they're six years old, they're probably going to be quite, quite uh, witty, right? But then you reach a point in your life and it's early on, about 12 years old, when things begin to die internally, the cells begin to slough where we begin to lose all that we gained. And from then on, you know, you can do things to kind of keep it moving and going. We keep learning and we keep, you know, using the muscle of the brain and our bodies and we go, but we are really dying. We are not living. And then we come to Christ. He quickens us and we connect spiritually. And that is the eternity right there. The body is, is, is deteriorating, but the spirit is getting stronger and living and living and living and living forever. So he says, teach us to number our days. Make us aware that these days, that this cycle in which we are bound is going to end. Teach us, O oh Lord, to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, again, it is wise to win souls. Our time here, once we are born again of the Spirit, we should live as the spiritual beings we are and witness of God's reality, of his existence, witness of the rebirth that we ourselves have been given. Live unto him in submission so that as other people look at us, as they watch us, as they listen to us, as they, they hear us, they hear the testimony. They hear the relationship. They know that we are not just mere men, that we are truly born again, quickened, made alive. There should be a grave difference. And when we are not afraid to be different, that difference shines through very brightly.
I watch a series called Father Brown. It's based on the Father Brown stories of G.K. Chesterton. Now, Chesterton is called the Apostle of Common Sense. He is a guy, you know, that Catholics really admire because he chose to be Catholic. And he has his reasons for that. I was Catholic and I chose to walk outside of that because of my reasons. Uh, and I haven't read Chesterton's. But he wrote this um, these stories about a character, Father Brown. Father Brown is a priest, but he's not like the average priest that people think about. Father Brown is continuously concerned with the salvation of all men and women. And so the character is somewhat of a sleuth. He can um, analyze events, uh, people. He knows them because he says he, he was in a war. He, uh, he is a priest. He's heard many confessions. He can kind of, you know, uh, discern a personality. And so he helps the police, to their dismay, to solve many crimes, mostly murders. But he analyzes the actions of people. He never turns them in. He always says to them, repentance, God will forgive you. I love the series. I've watched it now a couple of times and I want to go, I never want it to end because I love the fact that this priest, this man of God stands always as just that, a man of God. And he's humble when the police get mad at him, they fuss him, they tell him to go away. He doesn't say anything. He just drops his head and he goes. But he's always contemplating, thinking, and working out the mystery of the event. And then he brings to them and drops in their ear information that will help them to see who the real murderer is or the real criminal, because they always arrest first the wrong person. And they're not concerned for the souls of those men and women. They're concerned with solving a crime and putting notches in their own career belts. But Father Brown is concerned with their souls. And so he doesn't turn them in, but he talks with them and he urges them to be free of the burden of the guilt that they're carrying. And firstly, to let God in on it. Confess to God, he will forgive you. One guy said, I can't believe you see any good in me. And he says, but I do. It is there. And I love that, you know, because so often we see only the crime or we see only the offense. We see only a degenerate. We see only a drug addict. We see only a thief or whatever it is we're looking at, right? We only see a gossiper or whatever we are calling the people in front of us. But God sees a soul. And if we stand as his own, the quickened spirits that we are, they might see God. How about that? And if we say, instead of condemning them, we say, God still cares. And if you repent, he will forgive you. And they repent and come to him. What if then? Teach us, Lord, to number 
our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And that to me, no matter what my other career choice is, that is my one true calling. However you walk it out, I walk mine out in various ways. Right now, this podcast is chief in my giving out my witness. It's first and foremost. But And when I go out into the world and I'm talking with people, I try to stand always as a person who is born again. I try to hear from the Spirit of God when to say whatever that will turn the focus of the person to him. I don't always, I'm sure, do it as I ought to do it. And maybe I don't always even do it. But that is my prayer, that I will apply my heart unto wisdom and that I will make use of every day in the boundaries of the cycles that I live in so that God is glorified, that I will shine also like the day for the heavens do declare the glory of God. The firmament does show his handiwork. I'm his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. See, they never get tired. And night unto night shows knowledge. May we be like his creation, the creation that continues to obey, to move in the very way that they've been ordained to do from the foundations of the world. Oh God, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Come back, Father. Come back to us, Lord God. Change us, Lord. Change your mind about these moments that we live, these moments that we live, and cause us not to walk forever in your wrath or in uh, the state of our lostness. Give us life. That is the cry. Return, Lord, make us glad according to the days wherein you have afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen this evil. Lord, make our joy and our gladness equally great to the days or as the days in proportion to the days that we have lived. Now, you've lived this earth and I've lived this earth and you know and I know that there is evil to see every day. There are people who are greatly afflicted in their sins and can find no way out. We ourselves have suffered. I wrote a piece on suffering. And I I contemplate the pain of life. Sitting there watching my mother die was not easy. I think death, as a matter of fact, is very un. unhealthy is not what God ever meant. It is not normal. It's abnormal to me. I believe God meant for us to live forever. And so when these things hit us, and I don't think he he meant for us to live in this kind of, well, you know, he knew it was going to happen because he knows how he made us. He knows that he gave us the freedom to choose him. Sometimes I think that that's what it's all about. Will I love you? Will I just love you? Will I choose you and the goodness and the righteous path that you lead me in over the temporal of this world, the momentary pleasures, the momentary, you know, uh, status seeking? It only lasts for a little bit. 
You know, I've had many jobs and I have, have been kind of commended. You know, I've, I've had some good success, not, not you know, I'm not commended on the real public level, but satisfaction. But it's all past. It doesn't mean a thing in the uh in the in the scope of life and the years that I live, it all passes. Nothing is going to last here except these things that we give in glorifying our Lord and in drawing others to know him. That will last. Those things that please God will be forever. But those things that have absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with God's pleasure those things are not going to last. Make us glad in proportion to that which we have been afflicted with and that evil that we have lived with. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. So let it. Let me see it, Lord. Let my children see it and let my children's children see it. And for all the generations that you shall tarry, and put off your return. Let this that I know be passed on into the generations. And you notice this is personal. I said before, I believe our first ministry is to our own families. How do you minister to the world? And you cannot minister to those people who are near and about. And then go to your community. Many people see the, I guess, the exotic, you know, they're going way over there to take the gospel. And I wonder, did you even try to take it right here? There's a lot of lostness here. But the nation has been open many years and God has been preached here. So I do understand the mission work that takes people far away. But my ministry as Jesus Christ told his disciples to go first to the lost house of Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem. He sent Peter there. It was later that brother Paul was, you know, come and he went to the far country to the Gentiles as well as the Jewish people for he himself. And Paul did write, I would myself be accursed for your redemption. I paraphrase, but he said that. So, let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands. Upon us, establish the work of our hands. Yes, the work of our hands, Lord. Establish thou it. Here is the, the cry of the of those who are indeed born again of God's spirit. Let my work be established. And only you can do it. Guide me. Show me. Teach me. Be with me. That the work that you've called me to do will be established. It will be like a really strongly laid foundation. And the house that grows up will last forever. Yes, Lord, 
establish thou it. I love the psalm. It is a wonderful psalm. You know, I promised that we would go back through the psalms and sing them. Many of them are set to music by other musicians, even by myself. But that's one. Oh, Lord, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. And that's all I remember of that hymn. But it's a beautiful hymn. And we will do that if God should give me the time, because it's in my heart to do it. And remember the brevity of our days, the life that we live. One second, according to one man's calculation, is equal to 4.2 2200s or two, you know, 2200s uh, days. One second. If we are going to pull God into the boundary of our time zone and make that word that he spoke or that has been, you know, pinned here by Moses, if we do that, it just gives you a sense of the boundlessness, the endlessness of time with God. So I looked, you know, I'm really fascinated by it. So I looked up um, places where the longest days are on the the earth. Because I remember one person telling me they had to live at the South Pole and how um, disorienting it is to live in a constant day, just a day that never, the sun never sets. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine that? The sun never sets. For six months, I think it is. And then the night comes and it's never any sun. (laughs) And then there is uh, places closer to us, right here on earth, where there is an endlessness in daylight. Oops, I'm losing. Norway is one place. Um, Norway, uh, where is Iceland? But they just have long days. I'm sorry about the noise. The, the uh, earbud fell out. But I was in Detroit, my first summer in Detroit, uh, when I was, what, 24 or something, way back yonder when my brother lived there. And it was the most amazing thing. Now, Canada has long days in this, you know, during the summer, too. But it was not, it didn't get, got wouldn't go dark until about 10, 1030 at night. I remember saying, whoa, this is amazing. So when people went out just for a movie or whatever, you know, they waited for the night. But by the time they were going out, I was saying it's time to go to bed, 10 o'clock at night. But it was fascinating to me that the day was that long. And I love long days. I love the summer days, right? But we our our day ends and it begins twilight comes um just about seven seven thirty on the longest day right we are in our longest day season and we don't stay up until ten thirty waiting for the sun to go down right but imagine that living there so God has not only you know talked about it in in eternal terms he has created a world that shows it it, it, it literally shows that there can be 
a continual day that lasts and lasts and lasts. Now, they don't stop counting the calendar time and say, we have a six-month day because they're living in the world where, you know, business and commerce and all that, they have to kind of be on the calendar with other countries. But the just the, the life that they're living is in an eternal day. I just find that amazing. And the, the calculations of this man, you know, I, I can't pronounce his name really, but it's on the, on the, his name is, I'll try, it's, Mano Cherries Jayakumar has calculated um, what a second would be if we were using the thousand years as but a day. So the the second would be 4.22 days, as I said. And though this devotional that I will write will be you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna multiply the seconds to see what an hour would be, and I, I do have it. The, the hour I had it in another, um, I couldn't find it though tonight. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna title it either a spend a second or a number of seconds that would end up being um, a, a day a day spend a day with the Lord, just one day. You know, just spend some time with Him, time that will be significant enough to demonstrate your relationship with him. Are you truly in love with the Lord? Because when I was, uh, met my husband, you know, this guy, I was in love with this man. You know, I fell in love with him. I wanted to spend all my time with him for sure. And hence I married him, you know what I mean? <laughs> and now, of course, I would like to spend a little less time. Nonetheless, we married based on the strength of a relationship that we called love and still do, of course. So do spend some time with him and let the time that you spend with him be in proportion to his way of looking at time and the brevity of our own lives. I want to just read something. It was a podcast, right? I did a podcast, but it's way down on the list. And um, I, I I found it. I, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. So I thought, well, the Lord doesn't want me to, to reference that. But I shall reference it because I put my hands on it just before I came on the podcast. And this is called The Never-Ending Day. And it's true. This happened to me. I start by saying today, but it was that day, and it's dated 2017, January 11th. Today, the Holy Spirit revealed a bit of heaven. I titled the podcast, A Bit of Heaven. Revealed a bit of heaven to me. I truly believe it is real. I say a bit because we cannot fathom all that has been prepared for those who love the Lord. First Corinthians the second chapter, verse nine reads, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. As I sat trying to do quadruple duty 
in order to complete many projects I have on the back burner and the front burner and not feeling in the best of health, I stopped out of necessity. I went to the bathroom. But as I was going upstairs, I really heard in my ear as if talking to myself these words, what I need is one long day. And just following that, I heard as if um, I was asking my own question or getting a revelation. The question, a day that never ends? After that, I immediately heard the words of the scripture, there will be no night there, no need for the sun, for the Lord will be the light of it. And that was kind of a paraphrase. It's not the direct quote. The scripture I knew immediately. And I knew that these words came from the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I was excited to find the reference. I returned to my computer and of course, instead of going back to all those projects I was trying to get done, I searched out this reference. And um, of course, I look in the King James Bible because I quote King James. So I came to Revelations 22, verse 5, and it reads, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. I was moved to read the beginning of that description, and that was a description of our anticipated home. So I read it. I started at the beginning and discovered the other references to the continuous day we shall live in our eternal home. And so I went back to Revelation 21, verse 23 says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Verse 24 says, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Verse 25 and the gates of it shall not be shut at all. For there shall be no night there. The gate shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. So we know, you know, that the this is the New Jerusalem that is being talked about here. And um, we know that Jerusalem had gates, right? And so the reference goes back to that. Uh, situation in the earth they, there were there, there were 12 gates but these gate this gate to this city won't be shut there will be no need to first of all there's going to be no evil and secondly there's going to be no night the holy spirit let me know that what i need is already given to me not only to me but to all of us who love his appearing the redeemed his bride isn't it wonderful to know that the time is near when there will be no rat race living, when there will be enough time to do all that we need to do or have to do or want to do and finish every project ordained for us, when, where the food we eat will heal us and there will be no sickness, there will be no disease. 
I will feel good and healthy, strong and able all the time, and so will you. God has prepared such a wonderful eternity for us, and we will be satisfied in every way. I read the last two chapters of the Revelation, the whole chapters, right? And I was reminded that the cares and burdens of this world will not exist in our new home, for God has destroyed all evil. He has wiped away every tear, and there will be only righteousness there. How glorious and wonderful to live in him right here and now so that we feel the weight of the temporal sufferings, cares, and worries. When we feel those things, the poverty, the pain, we have the Holy Spirit to remind us that it will be all over one day very soon. Hallelujah. I am so thankful that God has redeemed me and saved me that he has redeemed you and saved you. And for those who are out there who do not have this great redemption, this great salvation, can have it too. One day I shall be home and I invite you to accept this glorious eternity for yourself if you're listening and you have not yet come to know the power of redemption. The longest, never ending already given us already prepared so you know what the verity of this is provable remember the heavens declare the glory the night shows knowledge I looked up um, uh, this I was looking for the you know places that have long days and believe it or not there are other planets in the solar system whose days are different than ours and I would, I don't want to rattle all these papers, but if there's a way that I can post this, I would love for you to see it on um, great planets like, um, let's see, I do have a chart here. I should at least read one for you. On the planet Pluto, which is probably, I think it's nearest to us, one day is about six Earth days or 153 hours. And one year is 90,520 Earth days or 248 Earth years. Now, you know Moses wasn't studying uh, astronomy and Moses was on the Earth. So we know that God gave him that understanding. And Moses writes Psalm 90, it is repeated in the epistle of Peter, First Peter uh, chapter 4, I think, that a day is but a thousand years. And then we have some day links that are, are um, like Mercury. The day is 58.6 or just about 59 Earth days or 1,408 hours. But the year is only 88 Earth days. So it's shorter, right? There's a lot going on in this world of God's, in this created world. There's so much going on that we cannot grasp. We don't understand it, yet we doubt. We doubt so much that is written that God left us a record so that we would have enough information to want to know him, right? 
And yet we have the naysayers. And then guys are in places like Norway and uh, Alaska and, uh, you know, even up in uh, our states, North and South Dakota, think of North Dakota, when these long nights come in these days, this change in the cycle with regards to when the sun shines, you can see the beauty of the northern lights and the southern light. It is magnificent. I've only seen it in pictures. I think I would faint if I were in the presence of it. But my girlfriend who travels every which way has seen them and she photographed them and she bought me a photograph. Northern lights, the beautiful array of colors just in the air, just there, just there. Ooh. Oh my goodness. What a God. What a great God. Who when he has set his love upon his creation, he sent himself in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, to die for us that we might have redemption and be free from the burden and the entrapment of evil and sin that we could break out of this and once again know him because in the state of choosing other than him, we cannot fellowship with him. We have to want him. We have to want him. And once you do that and repent of your own sins, he makes a way for us to actually achieve righteousness. Without him, we could not even fathom it. But he's made a way that we might achieve righteousness and therefore live forever with him. God, you are so good. And I thank you so much for just bringing unity to the thoughts that I had. For Lord God, allowing us to hear, to contemplate and to think about, to wonder about the great wonder of time. And the way that you have set in this created environment in which we live, evidence of your greatness and of your power and of your wisdom and of your knowledge and of your love, of your love. For it is written in the book of John, that gospel that we read so deliberately, where you loved the world so that you gave your only begotten son so that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in you, Lord God, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And further, you write that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank you, Lord. I ask you, Father, to carry these words through the cyberspace through, Lord God, the distance, that they may be, Father, heard by those who still need this relationship, that these words would penetrate the very heart and mind of those outside of your great salvation, and they will come to know you through repentance. That's all you require. And then, Lord God, you set forth a transformation, and we are then made righteous through your mighty intervention in our lives and the fellowship that we have with you. We glorify you, we bless you, and we thank you so much for this moment in time. You've been so good 
I bless you. I bless you. I thank you. And glory to God for those of you who come. You know, last week, the, um, the uh, I don't know what happened. I looked everywhere. I was not on mute, uh, nothing. I don't know what happened. But I had given a four um, word before we started. And I said, it's hard to remember something that is not a part of my daily routine. So if I were listening to a podcast that came on every Wednesday night, it would have to be very exciting for me to show up and remember, you know, it's just who I am uh, at this point in my life. But I love radio, so I probably would not forget. Maybe I wouldn't. But I'm so grateful that some people do not forget that you come no matter what that you are faithful to support this effort. And I pray that you will be a witness. And if that means inviting someone to hear what we talk about here, that would be wonderful. But if you don't, just do it. God is with us. He has empowered us by his spirit to do great and mighty things, to even do exploits in his name. May we do that because there are needs people need to know Jesus Christ in the pardon of their sins. They need to know God and the only way they can is through and by Jesus Christ. May God be praised. Blessings to God for his plans and his doings in our lives. Yes, Tony. Yes. Blessings to him. And uh, Freshman writes, what a beautiful reality. Lord, make me there. Forgive my sins again. May I spend more time talking with you. And Father, that's a prayer that I pray as well. That we spend more time with you. But you already told us to pray without ceasing to pray always, to not forget, and to know that you are near, that you do not abandon us nor cast us off. And Lord, as much as we like to set the varying components of our relationship, you know, in separate little places, that's how we talk about things, is how we were educated, to talk about history over here, in biology over there, in English over there, in French out there somewhere, and music, when it's all a collective of our lives. The same is true in our relationship with you. We're always talking with you. We can't help ourselves because you have given us the spirit your spirit, and you are in communion with us through your spirit. We are aware because we do have your spirit, because our spirits are again alive. Hallelujah. You're so good, and I cannot thank you enough for your goodness and for your help in every endeavor. Blessed be your holy and righteous name. I thank you. I just want you guys who support this podcast to know that your dollars are being, some of them saved. Others of them are helping to bear the expense. I am slow because I'm a one-woman show here. <laughs> it's not good. I don't like it like that, but that's how it is. And so I gave gifts out to um, to you. Thank you, notices. But I want to say publicly to all of you, 
if you if if it's a gift, a monetary gift, that's one thing. If it's a, a prayer gift, that's uh, yet a, a good thing. And if it's your attendance, it is a wonderful thing. Thank you so much. Thank you for caring about what is on my heart to do, to bring honor to the name of our Father and to reach out so that someone else might indeed hear the way that we do it and come to know him. And any time you want to be a host, not even a co-host, if you have something you want to say, I will invite you in and I will sit back just like you do listening to me and I will send comments as well. I love you so much for your um for the beauty of your lives and the way you share with me. May God be praised. I would love you if you, if you didn't share, but I do love you because you do too. And thank you so much. Glory to God. You know, the table has been set. We have dined up uh, more than sufficiently, at least I have. God is really good to us. And I thank you again for coming. May the Lord our God bless and keep you in all of your ways. Provide for your every desire as it aligns with his desire for your life. Father, keep and protect not just those who sit in front of me, but their families, their friends. Care for those things as you do that they care for and align us, Lord God, our thoughts and our desires with your plans for us. I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Go there for you guys and have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'll see you next time. Oh yeah, I told you we were going to have a special production tonight, but uh, there was a great uh, thunderstorm, almost tornado watch, and I couldn't um, get to the person who was supposed to make that podcast with me. We will reschedule and I'll let you know. Tune in next week when we shall have a wrap-up session on our parenting. Take good care. I love you much. God bless you. Goodbye. (laughs) Morning, noon, or night, wherever you are. Sleep well, Tony.